I do like that now you are looking over the microphone to make sure that I'm not recording early, but you already know that I'm recording early. So, mm. All right. We both need to shush because I have a bit that is completely original and has not been seen at all. Oh, I'm on, I'm, I'm on tenter heels. Tenter hooks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is lockdown number five. Ah. Um... Yeah, welcome. Hello, that's that's a good place to start. Hello, and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records' Punk Goes Ellipses series to answer the age-old question of hell yeah or yeah nah. And we, Lou Baker's not invited. No, we are broadcasting live from home, which we do every week, but yep. we are inside again. Um. Yeah. Had plans this weekend. <laughs> yeah. That didn't happen, thanks to uh, New South Wales and the New South Wales government. I'm just, like, obviously my mood is subject to change very quickly in a short amount of time. But, like, I'm at the point where, like, listening to the presser yesterday, I just started laughing. So it's just like, yeah. of course. Like, the universe is a sick joke, and here we are. I'm just going to say this. Gladys, maybe you need to resign. Yeah. Maybe you just need to resign. Just sort your life out, Gladys. Yeah, maybe you just need to... Because the, the fires were kind of on you as well last year. So maybe you just need to resign. Mm. Yeah. But, so, to everyone in Melbourne... Well, not just Melbourne, lol. <laughs> to everyone in Victoria, Australia, we are with you. Everyone in New South Wales, I'm sorry that your government sucks so hard. Yeah, it it sucks. Like, this is... this Like, buckle up, because it's going to be... A while of, yeah, crap, and when our hearts go out to you. Yes, yeah. but not Gladys. No. <laughs> no. Resign. Gladys, you, you you should resign. We're probably going to have, like, the f- police, like, show up at our door now. Yeah, just, it's just a call to resign. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 an, option, it's an option that's available yeah, to everyone. It's my opinion that she should resign. <laughs> it's not like, look, it's not like when we were in our lockdown that our leader Daniel Andrews wasn't getting told he should resign. Oh, he was getting worse. Like, yeah. oh, he should go and just kill himself. Oh. Anyway. That's internet culture for you. Oh, yeah. So, to lift everyone's mood this week, we are looking at a straight banger of a song. This week we are examining See You Again by Miley Cyrus, as covered by Breathe Carolina for... Punk Goes Pop 2. Well done. Um, I have a... Dis- Disgusting confession to make to you. Okay. I uh, I did something that you will find absolutely abhorrent the other day. What? Do you know what Big M's the 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 flavored milk here in Australia? Do you know what their Big M? Do you know what their newest limited edition flavor is? Not Blue Heaven. Oh. And I had a Blue Heaven. Yuck. Big M. Because I was like. I don't remember what Blue Heaven tastes like, and it's it just tastes like bubble gum, doesn't it? Or like it's it will they specifically said on the carton it's uh, raspberry and vanilla. Okay, but it's no, don't 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 go like oh maybe it is because first off the milk's blue. Oh no, absolutely not. And and like it was okay. Yes, 
But it wasn't nice. Like, no. I didn't finish it all because it was so sweet. Yeah. Like, just have yourself a, a smoothie with with raspberries. Did I say raspberries and vanilla or blueberries and vanilla? You said raspberries. Yeah, good. So just have yourself a smoothie with raspberries, vanilla ice cream, and some honey, and it would be far superior. Yeah, I... We've probably mentioned it on the pod before, but I just cannot hack foods that are, like, really gross colours. Like... Milk should not be blue. No, and that's the thing is, like, if I ever poured myself a glass of milk and it was blue, I wouldn't be like, mmm, delicious. Like, it just upsets me that people want to just burn everything to the ground. Except it- for except for the, the Star Wars planet of Tatooine where they drink blue milk. Oh, nah. It just... Like, even just listening to you talk about it, like, I just... I can't describe, but just, like, my mouth just has a gross feeling. Like, it just... Yeah, and, like, you're not saying, like, naturally, like, if you put strawberries and raspberries and blueberries in a sh- in a smoothie, like, of course it's going to naturally dye the milk. Yeah, but it's not like a... It's not artificial. Well, yeah, it's yeah. not like a cerulean, is that the word, blue? Like a sky blue? Like yeah, a, it it's was. It's not like a turquoise blue, it's just a blueberry blue. It was a milky blue. Fucking... <laughs> Yuck. It was, uh, yeah, as I said, like, it's fine. If you're, if you're in the area and you're looking at the big M's and you go, hmm, blue, blue heaven. I haven't had one of them in, cause I hadn't, I've had one blue heaven milkshake in my life and I was yeah. 10. So I was like, what does blue heaven oh. taste like? And I thought maybe it was just like vanilla or caramel or something like how no. the rainbow paddle pops are caramel. No. So sorry. Would never happen again. My, <laughs> she'd kill me if I, she heard this, but my sister once ate a raspberry paddle pop and got sick and spewed and it was raspberry coloured. <laughs> um, I didn't know they made raspberry paddle pops. Oh, not sorry. Um, rainbow. Oh, rainbow. Yeah. Did I say raspberry coloured? You did. Fuck. <sighs> Can I try that bit again? No. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're doing it live. It's fine. Um... So, yeah, she spewed all the colours of the rainbow. She did. It was quite magical. Unless that's just my childhood brain subbing that in. Yeah. Because it's probably just, like, brown. It had probably all just, like, mixed into, like, a brown colour. Yeah, probably. But, yeah. Brown. 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 <laughs> Shall we get it, into it? Is that the segue? It's just brown. Yeah. Yeah. Vomit brown. Oh, the leaves are brown. <laughs> the sky is brown. <laughs> And California's brown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got my sights set on you, and I'm ready to wait. I have a heart that will never be tamed. I knew you were something special when you spoke my name. Now I can't wait to see you again. I've got a way to know when something is right. 
do this. Miley Cyrus. You might have heard of her. <laughs> Maybe. You might not if you'd said, like, if you called her by her birth name. I know. I had no idea. So, Miley Cyrus was born Destiny Hope Cyrus and hails from Franklin, Tennessee. She was born in 1992. Um, which... Fuck her for being that young. See, it does by heading because, like, I didn't realise she was only slightly younger than me. Oh, did you think she was, like, significantly younger than I you? I thought she might a... have been, like, 93, 94 at least. No, because she's only, that means she's only a year younger than you. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. It freaks me out. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so Miley is the daughter of country music singer Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, who you would know for... Don't break my heart. Or Old Town Road. Yes. No. Yeah. yeah, Old Town Road. Yeah. I get that confused with the, the classic country song, um, Country is a Country Road, Take yeah, Me John Home. Yeah, John Denver, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that song is also a banger. That is also a good song. Um, and her mother is film producer Tish Cyrus. I have no idea what Tish has worked on. Uh, Miley Cyrus stuff. That's... She, I think she produced that LOL movie with Miley Cyrus. Oh, uh, that movie's great. It's terrible, but I loved it. Uh, I think she did some. Uh, she did some Hannah Montana stuff. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, so Billy Ray and Tish named her Destiny Hope because they believed she would achieve great things. I should say she's Tish as well because I think her name's Letitia. Okay, so Tish is a nickname. Yeah, no, that's look. They're they're all about nicknames, and I I admire that. Yep. Uh, so they started to nickname her Smiley, but then they later shortened it to Miley. And then in 2008, Miley legally changed her name to Miley Ray Cyrus, the middle name being in honour of her grandfather, who was a Democratic politician uh, by the name of Ronald Ray Cyrus. I just like that she, even like at a pretty young age, just put the kibosh on Destiny Hope. It was like... (laughs) It was like, that's a dumb name. Yeah. Like, what does Miley mean? Is anyone else ever been called Miley? No, but it's... Probably now. Definitely now there has been some Miley's born. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, it's like, it's reactionary how like, when Game of Thrones was popular, how many, how many Daenerys's and Khaleesi's, when Frozen came out, how many Elsa's were, were born. Yep. Don't really see that in like the male side of it though like boys aren't being named things like I, I don't know why i'm going to the to the game god of war but like kratos for instance <laughs> like boys aren't being called reactionary names surely there's got to be like thors and loki's out there just from like some really misguided parents yeah but there would also probably still there would have been thors before then because people yeah, just like norse mythology or yeah whatever. yeah yeah i mean I want to, like, go all out if you're going to do it after Marvel. Name it, like, Thanos or something. The guy who, like, wiped out half of the universe's population. You should just call your kid (laughs) Ant-Man. Oh, man. Anyway, back to Miley. So Miley's godmother is the one and only Dolly Parton. That's sick. Who is a living legend. And Miley's half-brother Trace was in the band Metro Station. So, like, all of her siblings have done stuff. Yeah, it's obviously one of those things where she had the network to become Miley. Like, the talent, absolutely, but yeah. they're a very active family, I suppose. Like, we'll get a little bit further into it, but she 
she didn't get Hannah Montana just because she's Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, God, Like, no. she had to still audition yeah, for it no, and everything. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. And, like, she still worked for everything, but it's just, like, it's also just, like, kind of a cool family. Like, yeah. you can see why she... We'll get into it a bit later on, yeah. I guess, but yeah. Yeah. So, Miley began her acting career in the 2003 film Big Fish. I do not remember which person she was. So, I think she plays the young... She plays, like, a young version of someone. Is it, like, his mum or something? Right. Okay. Maybe she... I want to watch that movie again. I love that movie. It's a good film. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me teary at the end, but it's lovely. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure she plays the young version of someone. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it does make you teary. Mm. Not as much as the lovely Bones did. Oh, that ruined my life. Um... But anyway, back to Miley. (laughs) So in 2006, Miley auditioned for the role of Hannah Montana's best friend, uh, but was in fact cast as the titular character. Yeah. Um, And in 2013, a lot of people would have been turned or made aware of Miley if they weren't already from her performance at the MTV Video Music Awards. Uh, where she performed alongside Robin Thicke. And they, did they do Blurred Lines and something else? They did Blurred Lines and one of her songs, yeah, I think. probably like We Can't Stop or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it was We Can't Stop. Yeah. Um, it was the most tweeted about event, like, ever. Uh, up until that point. Um, yeah. It was the, the thing that was beating, that, like, had that crown before that was, like, Beyonce's... Something I can't remember exactly. Beyonce did something and that was the most tweeted about thing, right? Up until that point, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that like maybe the Trump presidency has mm-hmm. garnered some more tweets since then. Yeah, but... I was going to say like maybe like the insurrection. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess that was sort of in a sweet spot where like things were fucked, but not quite. Yeah, like it was pre absolute like heat death of the universe. Um, yep. But yeah, the performance made Miley very infamous um, and generated approximately 360,000 tweets per minute. Um, And that was also the event that stripped Miley of the Disney slash Hannah Montana persona, I guess, she had gained throughout the years. Yeah, it was basically like, that was a child and now I'm not a child. Yeah. Because she's like literally in underwear on the stage pointing a foam finger at Robin Thicke's crotch. Yeah. Like, twerking her butt on him. Like, yeah. 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 No, it was a time. <laughs> and I, I, I do remember... I, I can remember that moment, just, like, the internet's collective mind just exploding over it. I think, like, exploding and slut-shaming Miley. Yeah, yeah. Again, that classic thing of, like, Robin Thicke, everyone was just like, oh, lol, who's this Beetlejuice guy? But, like... He got away with it again. He also kind of got away with it because he was... After Blurred Lines, Blurred Lines was was talked about for a little while, but then it was forgotten and he was forgotten. Yeah. Like, he he released an album after that and it, like, sold a couple hundred copies. Like, That's literally right, yeah. a couple hundred copies. Like, nobody cared yeah. about Robin Thicke at that point. Like, he got away with it purely by, like, Blending into the osmosis or, like, was, fading into the osmosis. Also, like, Pharrell got away with it, too. Because, like, yeah. he fucking co-wrote it. He co-wrote the song. And then he just sort of, like, backed away. Not yeah. Today, disco lady, like. <laughs> I think, didn't he 
really like throw Robin Thicke under the bus with that as well. Like <laughs> just sort of like, I didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. If I were working on a project with Robin Thicke, I'd probably throw him under the bus as well. I mean, this was the guy who like took a picture with a fan and like in the mirror behind them, he's like firmly squeezing. Yeah, don't you? That was oh. years ago. He was like firmly squeezing her ass. Fucking hell. And she was like maybe 18. That's and then, disgusting. and he's also a married man with a, like, he's a dad yeah. of a daughter. God, so. He's a piece of work. The only good thing that Robin Thicke ever did was that song, When I Get You Alone, that yeah. like sampled the, was it Mozart or Beethoven? Yeah. 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 He also had really curly hair. Like he had, he, he did. He had a thing of like curly hair. And then he turned into a shit. Anyway, um, so the song, the song "See You Again" was released in two thousand and seven, and it was her her debut single. Shit! So first ever as Miley, as opposed as to... Miley. Yes. yes, there was probably a single from the first Hannah Montana album. Uh, probably but like "Best of Both Worlds" or something like that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's good. Anyway. Uh, so the song was released on the album "Meet Miley Cyrus," which doubled as the second Hannah Montana soundtrack dubbed Hannah Montana 2, colon, Meet Miley Cyrus. So basically, like, Hannah Montana 2 um, was the first disc, and then Meet Miley Cyrus mm-hmm. was the second disc, it looked like. Two Miley, two Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the song was written by Cyrus and Antonina Amato, who wrote Love You Like a Love Song by Selena Gomez. That song? Bangs, that's such a good song. I'll take you for your word. You should put in a snippet here, okay. just to make you do some extra work. You'll know it when you hear it. Alright. It's just like a very sort of low-key song, but it's it's good. I love you like a love song, baby. I, I love you like a love song, baby. I, I love you like a love song, baby. So, she was apprehensive to put the song on the album, I was going to call it the album, the album album for some reason, Uh, but she was ultimately convinced by her producers to record it for the album, even though she thought it was just okay. Yep. So the song's lyrics reflect teenage love. As many songs do if you're a teenager. Yep. And, and I guess... Was it at that time she was with one of the Jonases? Uh, probably. Or like maybe a little bit after? Because were they, they they were the same age. I'm pretty sure I yeah. looked into it. It was like, okay, no, they were the same age. Yeah, they were the, like the same generation of Disney. Disney, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she debuted the song at the 2007 Disney Channel Games. Mm-hmm. And from what I could tell, it's basically like a televised Disney event where like stars of the Disney shows would compete in games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, probably they might've, they might've met there, her and Jonas Jonas. Yeah. Um, that, what is everyone's fascination with fucking sport? Like if it's not enough to be a Disney star, then you have to go and like play football or something. It's, it's Disney, the Disney channel. So I imagine it's not yeah, so it's much. Probably like wipeout it's probably like wipeout. It's probably like wipeout sort of games with some slime. It's probably then probably not going out there and running a decathlon or anything like yeah. that. Um, is is decathlon is just running, or is that where you do like the swimming and the bike riding That's and like, yeah. triathlon? Um, <laughs> yeah, I doubt, I doubt they're expected to go out and like the Disney stars aren't boxing or anything like that. No, but yeah, I couldn't see if uh, if. 
she had performed any games or played in any of the games. She just performed. She was yeah. the uh, the halftime halftime uh, act, which is, I guess, for like the Disney Channel, they're sort of spoiled for you know performers. Yeah, spoiled like, for choice. Spoiled, definitely spoiled for choice. Uh, so the song mm-hmm. reached number six on the ARIA charts. Excellent. Four in Canada. Mm-hmm. 11 in New Zealand and the UK, and number 10 on Billboard. So uh, we really liked it, and so did the Canadians. Yeah, absolutely. But more importantly, what do you think of it? I like it. It feels like it's it's very much... Like, it takes a lot of different elements from other songs. Uh, <laughs> not from other songs, from other genres. Yeah. Um, like, it's sort of... Maybe feels a little bit like it doesn't quite know what it wants to be, right? And which could which could be, uh, could be sort of what word am I looking for? Could be because you know she didn't really like the song so much, even though she co-wrote it. Yeah, um, yeah. Could have just been like, well, need to find stuff to make it that I, make it a song that I like, and so she's sort of pulling from like sort of almost like a bit of disco, a bit of like the sort of the guitars or the bass is kind of rocky and yeah like, yeah it's it's an interesting song and and like I don't mean interesting in, in a disparaging way I still think it's a good song though yeah what do you think I love it yep. I loved it back in the day I love it now I'm sure at some point I probably loved it in like an ironic way because yep. like oh but it's Hannah Montana but like it's just a fun song and I think it's okay for a song to just be okay like in Miley's words because if that works as it is then that's a good thing yeah like I like that it's just very straightforward like yeah it's sort of it's a bit of an all-rounder in terms of like what genres it taps into but then at the end of the day it's just a pop song yeah and it's good yeah um I think, like, one thing I was thinking about this morning to do with it is, like, I really like that the lyrics are somewhat versatile in terms of who is listening. Because, like, when Miley released it, she was only... 15. 15. And so, obviously, and especially considering she was on the Disney roster, like, obviously it wasn't being intended as, like, an overly, like, raunchy song or anything like that. But... It works from, like, a teen or child lens and an adult lens, if that makes sense. Because yeah. they're sort of... You can interpret the degree of, like, interest and, like, the vibes that are happening in the song, depending on the listener. Yeah. Like, it can still... And was, like, still be... Ugh, what am I trying to say? Like... The song can be as simple and chaste as like, oh, I saw you at like the local teen disco and we like disco. Yeah, it's and Friday like night. I can't wait to see you tomorrow to get milkshakes at yeah. like Denny's or something like that. Just as long as they're not Blue Heaven. Yes, exactly. Otherwise, or high Denny's. Yes. Otherwise, yeah, it can be. I saw you at the club. Yeah. I can't wait to see you on like a date or like, yeah. It's one of those, like, it's very open to interpretation, and I like that because it can appeal to a broader audience. Because, yes, it is just a fun sort of teen song, but it is also, 
in its production value mature enough to cater to older people as well. And that's the thing as well with, like, Disney, of course. They've got the... Granted, they weren't in 2007 what they are now. Oh, yeah. Um, but they they could still afford some good production in, you know, the, the recording studio. Not so much in the film clip department, because the yeah. film clip to this, this is garbage. Like, it's definitely After Effects version one. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, they were still about a year away from from... Oh, wait, no, they hadn't bought... I don't think they bought Marvel at that point. Or did they? I can't remember. But, like, the big thing was Iron Man, and Iron Man was, like, catapulted Marvel. Yeah. And so I'm assuming they might have bought Marvel at that point. Um, I don't know. Um, And, like, it's also kind of... It's also a very fitting line, almost, for when she was... Because over the over the last couple of years, she definitely—I don't want to say calmed down, but she definitely seems to have. Well, she's matured. She's matured because she's reaching an age where she doesn't need to prove herself. Yeah, yeah. But just like in the in the wake of like the the VMAs and stuff like that, yeah. how she was very much like she was very much saying, "I am twenty-one. Mm. I'm a young person." And I'm a I'm a sexual being. Yeah. And and so everything for a while was sex and drugs and drugs, rock and roll, uh, <laughs> and appropriating black culture. Yes. For a while, which which is sort of where I was getting at before, but I'm going to sort of talk about it a little bit more now. In the fact that, like, I'm not saying that like, coming up in like liberal households and everything could, sort of could develop this mentality. Of course, because we're, you know, we're leftists ourselves. Yeah. But just in the fact that, like, it's that thing of, like, she's so, like, she's sort of, like, brought up in all of it. That yes. she kind of maybe didn't have that thing to say, hey, this isn't okay that mm. you're, that you're you know, culturally appropriating, you know, black people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that was... That was a big thing, and I remember like her thing. I remember her being interviewed on radio, and she was like, "Yeah, but I can twerk," and it's like, "Yeah, but like, I don't know." And that, yeah, like a lot of white people can twerk, but you do so with the knowledge of where it came from yes. and why it's significant, and yes. you do it respectfully. And yeah, that's funny to talk about the concept of like twerking respectfully, but like. Every, like, I went to a class once where twerking was part of the yeah. thing, but we took a moment to sort of say, yeah, so it started here. Yeah. It started as this, cra- like, cause, yeah, you need to know your origins of things. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think a long way around to what I was saying was the line, um, you asked what's wrong with me, my best friend Leslie says, oh, that, oh she just being Miley, like, that also kind of became a thing with when she yeah. was when she was like putting a microphone up to her vagina and like making it sing and like smoking weed on like the European MTV yeah something video like that. awards and she's like oh, I don't even remember what the outfit she was wearing at that point but it was like it was just like something like fully covered in weed leaves and yeah stuff. and it's just like people at that point were just sort of like oh she's just being Miley yeah <laughs> Miley is just being why is she why is she licking the shaft of this sledgehammer? She's just being Miley. Uh, a bit like um, what Mean Girls did for Lindsay Lohan with Damn Africa, What Happened? 
Yeah. Which is a depressing example, but... <laughs> but, like, and it's really good to see that she's come out of this seemingly with, like, seemingly with not really much attached to her in terms of, like, baggage. I yeah. I can't really say... I can't really say that she hasn't because I'm not there with her, but, like, it just seems like she's come out of this very strong and... Yeah, like, just just incredibly strong, has gone, okay, that was a phase in my life, and now this is the new phase in my life. Yeah. And she's remained relevant as well. Yeah. Um, I watched the concert that she put on in Nashville, I think just a couple of weeks ago, even for Pride. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's astonishing to see just how she's grown as a musician and, like, as a performer. Mm. Like... There were, and I guess it's like that natural sort of showmanship that you need to have to make it in show business, but like there is still a very strong inclination on her part to sort of, it's a, it's the Miley show. It's about Miley. Like yep. it's a pride show, but it's about Miley being. Well, she's, she's also bisexual. She is. Yeah. But like it's, yeah, there were definite bits where it was sort of like, oh, look at how cool my costume is. Isn't it great? And it's just like interesting but that's not why I'm here kind of thing but it just kind of it was a really timely reminder of like she's always had a very big heart yes like she's always done like she's always been in it for her fans like there's Mm. no question as to whether or not she loves and respects her fan base which she absolutely does and it's just nice to sort of see her having grown to a point where yeah she can just sort of just settle into being Miley yeah. and sort of, yeah, like make herself comfortable in the role that she has for herself now and she doesn't feel like she has to prove herself and she has just sort of mellowed into like, like there's no question that like she's from Nashville. Mm. Like it's very sweet to see what she's become. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I say this stuff about like when she was in her early 20s, but she also you know, sort of to, to, to hearken on what you said, like she's an ally for the right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like she's, and especially when you consider like, I don't really know what her parents, you know, go by politically. Like I assume they're pretty cool, especially Mm. with Billy Ray doing the song with Lil Nas X, a gay black man coming into doing a country song. And he was, he was like, Hey, like, let's, Let's get you out there, kid. Yeah. Um, LFG. But, but the fact that Dolly Parton's her godmother. Yeah. And Dolly Parton is incredibly cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's nice to sort of see her, and we'll move on from the topic soon because it starts to sound condescending at a point, but like, it's nice to see like the woman who used to sort of be all like, oh, 420, blaze it, when like, mm. I don't know black people get incarcerated for carrying weed, yeah. whereas Miley can fucking smoke a blunt and it's fine. Like, it's nice to see that she is evolving and has evolved past that sort of inward-facing activism, I guess. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's probably still a ways to go, the same way that a lot of us have a ways to go with broadening our worldview and not applying everything to the context of, but how does this affect me? Mm. Like... Yeah, she's just, she's an endlessly fascinating person. Yeah. And 
I think, yeah, she's one of these ones where from the beginning, like, I remember even though I was a couple of years too old for Hannah Montana as an institution, mm. like, Miley's early work, even back then, I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like, yeah. this song, there was the one Seven Things, which is just like a very cute sort of pop rock sort of tune. And then, like, she's always had it in her to be great and she continues to show us that. Yeah, and I think just what I was trying to sort of get at is it's nice to see her come out of her early 20s and now she's in her late 20s and it's like, oh, she's still, like, yeah, the Lindsay Lohan comparison. And even, like, she's going through her legal battles and we're rooting for Britney Spears, but, like, Britney Spears had a, like, had a pretty rough... Oh. Like, just in... Just pretty much all of Britney Spears' celebrity has been pretty horrible for her. I could... And again, like, we could be talking out of our ass. We don't know. But, like, I guess Miley's a good example of, like, how having a strong support network Mm. can carry you through. Because, like, yeah. If... Especially if you're, like, a Disney starlet, like, you have to... Guard your heart, guard yourself a lot. Like, Mm. because, yeah, for all the, yeah, I don't know. Like, you sort of look at other people who went through the Disney roster and, like, there's definitely a common thing of, like, they're just very sort of secure, well-adjusted people that make it out the other end relatively unscathed. Like, Ryan Gosling never went on a bender kind of thing. But, yeah, it's... It's weird. I will say that I think the better coming out moment for her as as an adult was not the was not the VMAs. It was uh, the episode of Black Mirror that she was in. Yeah, Ashley Ashley, episode, yeah, which, so good. Which is it was interesting on Wikipedia. It was like like names that she goes by, and Ashley O was one of them. So she's obviously maybe done some. I think she might have done, as, like, a couple of promo performances as Ashley O kind yeah. of thing. But, like, that was very much just, like, very, very sanitised pop star who's, like, controlled by a big company, but she just wants to go out and and do heavy metal covers of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Yeah. Because you watched that episode with I me. Did t- watch yeah, that episode. so good. The only two episodes I've watched is that and San Junipero. Yeah. Because I didn't want to... I was like, oh, these ones won't want me you, to, won't want to make me kill myself. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll you watch value them. your mental health enough to not watch things that are bad for you. And I, watch, I respect I mean, that. I watch plenty of horror, but it's like I don't know, Charlie Booker just really wants us to know how much we've fucked up the world because oh, of technology. That's the thing, is like I know I'm not watching TV to be reminded of that. Anyway. <laughs> just real quick before we move on. Yeah. I just wanted to note that <laughs> On Twitter this week, someone just casually tweeted about, like, a friend of theirs. So, Twitter user, their handle is Nada Bacos, Bacos, um, and they said, and they're talking about their friend Rodney Farron, Farron, who was on Top Chef or something. Yep. So, quote, my friend Rodney has accomplished a lot in his lifetime. <laughs> Former CIA analyst on the president's daily briefing team, first director of the Walt Disney Company's Global Intelligence and Threat Analysis Department, a partner at Crumpton Group, now a contender on Top Chef Amateurs. So it turns out (laughs) that Disney has, like, yeah, a Global Intelligence and Threat Analysis Department. 
And so basically, like, they have people who work for Disney that have, like, top secret, like, counter-terrorism responsibilities. What? Right? Like, it's fucked up. Like, yeah, I just... Because, yeah, I remember a lot, of pe- a lot of people were just like, the Walt Disney what now? Like, yeah. Uh, to think, it all started with one racist man and his racist cartoons. Yeah. And look at them now. My my prediction in the next 10 years, although they probably don't need it, but, like, I, I reckon they're just going to go, Disney's going to go, fuck it, we want Nintendo. Yeah. I reckon Disney's going to say, fuck it, Nintendo makes a lot of money. How much can we? How much can we offer you? How many billions would it cost? Yeah, for it to be Disney Nintendo. I, I, because I, I, like, what, what else can they own? Yeah, Harry Potter maybe. Although, like, yeah. I don't know if Harry Potter's under Sony or not, but so like, oh man. So yeah, here is in a job description for so an analyst of global intelligence. Um, I don't know what PH means here. Um, for the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> At Disney, we are storytellers. We make the impossible possible. We do this through utilising and developing cutting-edge technology and pushing the envelope to bring stories to life through our movies, products, interactive games, parks and resorts, and media networks. Now is your chance to join our talented team that delivers unparalleled creative content to audiences around the world. The position of analyst global intelligence within global security must support a diverse group of customers within the Walt Disney Company for threat assessment and intelligence purposes with the goal of helping business leaders make informed decisions and ensure the safety of employees, facilities, guests, and the Disney brand. The analyst must be willing to respond 24-7 to support requirements ranging from ABC News reporters heading into war zones to maritime and country evaluations for Disney Cruise Lines and Adventures by Disney. Like... It makes sense. Yeah, it kind of does, actually. It makes sense, but it's just like, how the fuck does Walt Disney, like, HQ need... Like, that's the sign of, like, you are too fucking big as a company. Like, just pump the brakes. Do you think the counter-terrorist, like, uniform, does it have the Mickey Mouse ears on it? (laughs) Just like Kevlar, like, Mickey Mouse. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um... So, like, tracking and analysing emerging threats domestically and internationally, contextualising those threats specific to company assets and personnel and informing company stakeholders. Um, The scope of responsibility will include geopolitical and reputational risk, terrorism, social and political activism, crime and fraud, political stability, economic uncertainty, cultural and societal trends and risks, cyber threats, and kidnapping. Oh, so Disney does kidnapping now. Yeah. But, like, so, yeah, we're probably going to get, like, someone from Disney on our door as well. But, like, I get it, but also that is just, like, late-stage capitalism, like... Yeah, I'm going to take that back because I don't need your lawyers knocking on my door, Disney. Yeah, um... That was, that was, uh, that was parody. Allegedly. Well, it was parody. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, that is my fun Disney anecdote. Let's talk about Breathe Carolina. Fun. I know. <laughs>
This is our third time with Breathe Carolina, so I'm not going to say any facts about them. You know them. Mm-hmm. They're from Denver, Colorado, not Carolina. Yeah, Breathe Breathe Colorado rolls off the tongue the exact same way, but that's fine. Breathe Denver. Yeah. Not, not quite so much. No. Uh, so, yeah, if you, want, if you want facts about Breathe Carolina, listen to the Jay Sean Down episode mm-hmm. or... Uh, the Michael Jackson, Billie Jean episode. That song fucking slaps. They do such a good song cover of that. It does, and so it was the down one. And this one yeah. is good. It's it's just missing a little something though. Like it's not. Yeah. Out of the three, this is my least favorite. Yeah. But I still, and probably because the last two were so good that I was like, oh cool, I'm looking forward to listening to this, and it just kind of wasn't. I really should have written down some facts because I need to see when they... Because the song was done in 2008 or 2009, the cover. So yeah. I, I don't know how long they were into it for at this stage, whether they were still getting their bearings. Yeah, I was literally just thinking the exact same thing and it's silly that I didn't look it up. So, yeah, because this was Pop 2, so I reckon this is probably one of their earlier contributions to the Punk Goes franchise. Yeah, this is probably their first. And that would make sense because to me, they're on the money with it. Like, they know what they they want to do with it, but the execution feels a bit off. Yeah, they've been around for about a year at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, whereas the other two, they, they definitely, like, you go from, like, because we watched them do this song live at the Warp Tour and they're performing on the tiniest <laughs> stage in front yeah. of... A crowd of maybe, like, a couple of hundred people. Yeah. Whereas the... Because they did a film clip for Down, and it's a pretty large crowd. Yeah. Like it's probably, like, a thousand to, you know, maybe a, maybe close to, like, a couple thousand people at that yeah. show on a bigger stage. And and they definitely have realised their sound a lot more at that stage. And at this point, it's just a little bit like, okay, so we kind of are doing, like, an electronic... Thing with like emo and pop punk vocals and a bit of screaming. Yeah. Uh, how do we make that work? Well, we don't know just yet, but we're going to experiment until we figure it out. Yeah. 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 Like it's just it's. I don't know. Like I, I kind of wanted the, I kind of wanted the middle bits to have more of a, an oomph to it, whereas it's just kind of quiet. It yeah. To me, it sort of all operates at the same level. Like there's not much of like a, like it doesn't culminate in anything big to me but in saying that one thing i really appreciate is that they do the whole screamo thing within like they use it for effect as opposed to just hey look at what i can do with my voice yes like yes it's it's definitely they've figured that part out early like it's not it's not just like oh you're a member of the band and your only duty is to scream. Yeah. So we need to have obligatory scream part. And I'm not, that's not true. Like he does also sing the, the guy yeah. who does the screaming. Um, but yeah, they've definitely, they definitely know when to put that in. And I, I've not listened to just their stuff. So I don't know if it's, yeah. I doubt that it's in everything. I think I've listened to a bit of it. 
And yeah, I think they use it sparingly. I could be wrong, but again, that's just something I appreciate is they, they're obviously very considered in what they do. Like it's not just sort of dick swinging what they're doing. Um, Yeah. I think like, I would love to see them do this again in 2021 to see what they've learned since they did it. Like, yeah, if they would approach it any differently, that kind of thing. Because, yeah, like we've said, like the bones are there. Like they've got the foundations set, but it's just they weren't quite at a level yet where they could pull it off with as much finesse as they did, like, Billie Jean, for example. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're right. I think I think doing it again now, they would have a much better idea of what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. basically just echoed your statement. <laughs> you didn't say it in a business meeting, so I don't mind. <laughs> um, no, but, like, it's... it's Again, like, it's still good, though. Like, yeah. I'm not... I'm not running it down. Like, I think, I think if you were to listen to this and go, I'm interested enough to see what else they can do, then that's, then that's good enough for me. Cause go and listen to what else they can do. And yeah, like it served its purpose in terms of saying, here is some form of like mission statement about our band kind of thing. The guy who has not listened to their stuff outside of punk go series is telling you to go listen to their stuff. Outside I know. Of punk yeah. Go series. Like, these guys are my best friends and I've known them since the beginning. Check out their music. Um, are you stealing that joke from Tig Notaro? Yes, I am. <laughs> um, the only annoying thing for me, and I don't know why it bothers me, I just think, like, how they've subbed in, my best friend Leslie said, well, she's just being Miley. Yeah. They say, you know, my friends say, you're just being crazy. And, like, I know it's a very benign thing to say, but I would find it more fun if they just kept she's just being... <laughs> she's just being like, yeah. There's something very specific about that line where... Because I, I get the feeling Leslie... I think Leslie might be a real person. I'm not sure. But it's if, a very... It's not, like a, it's not like a cool enough name to be, like... A made-up person. And I don't know if Leslie's, like, Hannah Montana's. And, I'm like, I'm wondering... I might just do a quick Google while I'm... Because she's not... Her... When she's not Hannah Montana on the show, she's not Miley Cyrus, though, is she? She's someone else, isn't she? So I think she's... Miley something. Yeah. I'm going to do a little IMDb search. Because I know that Billy Ray has showed up... uh, Showed up from time to time as her dad, I'm pretty sure. Yes. In Hannah, Montana. Um, yeah. I They moved to Canada in the early 2000s because he was going to play... He played a doctor on a show called Doc. Sick. Yeah. Sorry, you got excited about something. So, Hello Giggles, lol, which is a website that I think was started by Zoe Deschanel, maybe. This is one of those very, like, buzzfeedy kind of ones. Miley Stewart. Yes, that's right. And so, yeah, I think Leslie, yeah, so I think Leslie is, like, an actual person. Yeah. Um, Her full name, Leslie Patterson, she's on Instagram, apparently, good for her. But, yeah, like, childhood friends. 
there's just there's something very specific about that lyric that is very like it's kind of one of those iconic lyrics. Yeah. Like the fact that it became the oh but she's just being Miley. Like it's just very oddly specific and that to me is part of the what makes this song memorable. Yeah. It's just that very cuz it's not even an awkward turn of phrase but it's just so teenage. Yeah. Love kind of thing. I guess the only thing that I would say is we when we do a rap song and the uh, the cover artist is talking is basically verbatim saying the lines and it's talking about someone else's lived experience. Yeah. Is that kind of doing the same thing for a man to to sort of to say like, "Oh, I know what that's like for for what a woman's experience is like." To play devil's advocate. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. I am the devil. Um I don't know, maybe, but I think for me, because it, it's such a benign song, like it's not, Yeah. there isn't, and like not in a bad way, but like the most, like the biggest tension in this song comes from, oh wow, I'm interested in this guy, he's yeah. interested in me, and now I'm anticipating the next time I see you. Like, Why I, am I acting crazy? Because I'm into you, and that's that's who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. To me, it's just one of those... It's a bit like, for me... And again, like, I don't know why I prefer... Like, why I'm so uppity about this. Because, like, it really doesn't matter. But, like, to me, this is sort of like... If you cover Taylor Swift, you keep the pronouns as they are. Because... Yeah. It just... There's something very wholesome about doing that. And it also... It's less... It's it's less problematic when, when a man's... Not screaming, you belong to me. Yeah, which I think I think was a line taken. In, uh, I think that was a line in the um, "You Belong with Me." Yeah, cover was "You Belong to Me." It's like, oof. yeah. What was the? Do you remember the friend in Hannah Montana? The the like, so she had her two friends, the girl and the boy. Do you remember the boy's name? Oh, I literally just saw it then. Was it Jackson? Something like that. Because the guy who played Jackson was. 15 years old. Jake Ryan. Was that the character or the actor? The character. He was born in 1990. Because there was... No, but there was a guy on there who was like 15 years older than both of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, like there was a regular looking dude. I know who you're talking about. I'm trying to find it. Because I think that... Because the guy I'm looking at is, yeah, 15 years older than the two girls. Uh, So he would have been 30. Playing a 15-year-old. Jackson, no, that's the older brother. Jackson Stewart. Jackson Earls, maybe? Oh, yeah, the guy playing Miley's brother. Oh, my God, he's born in 1977. Yeah, the guy playing Miley's brother (laughs) is 15 years. Which is possible, and especially in her life, she might have a sibling that's like, yeah, but years. he's meant to just be a teen brother. He is. Oh my god! Like he probably goes to the same school as Miley. I was going to say slash Hannah, but that was the the whole thing was that Hannah couldn't go to school. That's so upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, we've gone way off track. But um, well, I mean, that's a good way to circle back to Miley because our first cover, yes, is. Is Miley from a few years ago doing the song again as, I guess, a more realised version of who she is now? Yeah. One, two, three, four. The 
So it is just very, it is just a, I'm not going to say a standard country song, but it is, it is a country version of yeah. See You Again. Um, you can like, her, her husky voice has like fully developed at this yeah. stage, which is, which is good because I, I was like, oh, I remember her having a really husky voice, but that's obviously because of, you know, hearing her songs now and yeah. so much back then. And that's, I mean... That's one of her trademarks. Yeah, is that that side of her voice. But it just, it also just looks like she's so much more comfortable. Yeah, in this role. Yeah, and it's like it works as well because, especially on the female side of it, like country's coming back and is popular again. Yeah, yeah. So like, you're the you're you're the the, the daughter of a country pop icon and the goddaughter of like. Arguably the biggest country pop Well, the queen singer. of country, yeah. yeah. But just, like, how we watched that show, like, she was, like, how Dolly Parton was, like, yeah, maybe I want to get a little bit away from country and go into pop. And, yeah. And the the new manager was, like, yeah, do it. And yeah. it worked for her. I think, yeah, I love this take on it because it really does just show off that the song, it, it can grow with you. It's a versatile yes. song that can... It can just be straightforward pop. It can be sort of pop country. It can sort of go slightly off course from, like, what you expect of it. Yeah. And you can almost, like, glean new meaning from it, like, a bit more nuanced than it had back when it was released, that sort of thing. Um, And, yeah, seeing, like, this BBC Live Lounge performance... It's a good sort of midpoint because that was a few years ago. Like you said, 2018 maybe? Yes, three years ago. And so you compared that to where Miley is now with like the Pride concert that I watched the other day. And it's just so nice to see like even between those two, like she's so much more comfortable and embodied in her persona. I say persona, but like in her persona now. Which it might not even, now it just might not be a persona. That just might be her. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, like, because I feel like 2018, wasn't that around about when she... Did her and Liam Hemsworth divorce at that point? They... Or were they... They might have either sort of reconnected and married or de- divorced by that point. I'm not sure. Yeah, because I can't remember, because I know that they they were not married long. No, because um, I'm just trying to think that song Malibu that she did, which had the really stupid song like... I don't like boating, don't know how they're floating. Something and it's just like, babe. Can we talk about can we talk about like a weird, just really, really weird and kind of obscene Miley Cyrus moment in when she did that song where she's dressed up like a baby? Oh yeah. Remember that? I think so. And it was like half spoken word, half a song. It was just... Oh, it's probably that Bangers song or something like... I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. I just remember, like, the whole thing is her in, like, onesies and diapers Ugh. and, like, doing, like, baby faces and Yuck. stuff. And it's like... And it's like, you might not... This mightn't be your intention, but you are feeding into someone's fetish. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is just... This is uncomfortable. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, like, stepping back to Malibu. So that was released in 2017. So I reckon this was, like, the similar sort of era, if not, like, a bit after. And so you can see that this was where she'd sort of made her mission statement of, like, I'm going back to basics, like, I'm stripping it back kind of thing. But she still hadn't quite fully realised it. Whereas Jump to 2021, you can see, like, she has had some time to work on that. Just, yeah, sort of work on who she is, who she wants to be now. And it's even more stunning than this was kind of thing. I I don't mean to run down one of our country mates, but, like... She probably dodged a very boring bullet in Liam Hemsworth. No. <laughs> like, he's not Chris. So, like, he's very good looking, but, like, Chris Hemsworth is also, like, Chris Hemsworth's, like, a godly looking man, but, like, he's also, he's very fun. And. he They grew up on the peninsula, didn't they? Uh, I, all over, but I think they had, like, a house in Phillip Island, so right. not quite, but. Well, you of all people Close-ish. can understand that some women just go for a wholesome lad who grew up on the coast. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But just, like, I remember because, like, they would do the Cyrus family every year for their Christmas cards, do, like, these just crazy photos. Yeah. So, like, I remember one where it was, like, they were all in this huge brawl in Christmas sweaters <laughs> and they did another one where they're all like wearing like Christmas sweaters and doing crazy stuff and this was like I think when they got back together yeah and Liam's just sort of like oh <laughs> he was um the dude in Hunger Games wasn't he yes he's... he was he was the handsome one that he, was his yeah. role he was handsome guy he's a good guy handsome McHandsome he is a good guy he's just He's vanilla, whereas his brother is, like, Neapolitan. Sometimes you just like vanilla because it's reliable. Although I say that when I would get Neapolitan, I would only eat the vanilla and the strawberry. (laughs) I I never ate the chocolate. Chocolate ice cream just isn't good. I'm sorry. No. Like, if you can choose between chocolate and literally any other flavour... Chocolate cake, all like there yeah, for every absolutely. every second of the day. I'm there for chocolate cake. I think chocolate you have to enjoy it at room temperature. Yeah, frozen chocolate just doesn't do it for me. I think yeah, and it's just mostly just just chocolate. I think is is chocolate at its peak. Like a chocolate milkshake is good as well. <laughs> chocolate cake is good. Like I say, I'm there for it every day. It's like mud cakes and that sort of thing. But like chocolate muffins, no, tend to be kind of shit. Oh, see, I like a good chocolate muffin. Uh, you know, I always go for like a white chocolate nah, muffin. No, the 7-Eleven chocolate muffins are delicious. They're nice and soft. The 7-Eleven uh, vanilla and choc chip Ooh. muffins are good. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the shit. With the $2 coffee, you get the muffin for an extra $2. $2 coffee? Four, what are you doing? Are you getting a large? Dollars. No, I'm getting it. Well, well, I guess it's either a large or a medium because then the next one up is an extra large. Ah, because $3 is the big one. No, I go $1 coffee, baby. Ah. Just a regular size. Wow. This has been your 7-Eleven buyer's guide. Yeah. Every, um, every week we're going to rank the... Uh, <laughs> or we're going to, like, like spend a minute reviewing just some uh, 7-Eleven brand snacks. Yep. So the next cover. <laughs> uh, so this one was 
offered up to us by friend of the pod Richard S. He. So this is a very 2008 version by the Meishi. I hope I've pronounced that properly. I've got my sights set on you and I'm ready to Nothing in existence has ever been this 2008. It's, yeah, like, full-blown windows, like, Brady Bunch-esque, like, window segments on the screen, the multi-instrumentation, the very early meme culture of, like, dudes in blonde wigs. Yeah, haha, get it? They've got beards and a blonde wig! Um... Like, I was definitely having flashbacks of that shoes. Like, just yeah. the blonde, very shit plastic wig kind of thing. Um, can we can we both, maybe not say it at the same time, but I assume we both know who the MVP of the video is? The dude in the off, like, in the tie? Yeah, who's like who, who has, like, no facial expression. Yeah, yeah, it is a classic. <laughs> so, like, this is just a bunch of people having fun. Yeah. But the cover also slaps. <laughs> like, the... It's, to me, this is sort of like where your, like, joke songs, you have to be a good musician for it to land. And I think the thing is, it's not a joke song. Like, the no. song itself is is done earnestly, but they're having fun. Like They would have probably had fun recording it, but they also had fun filming it. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't... I don't know. Like, I'm like if a... they'd been dudes having fun, but the cover sucked, I'd just be like, okay. Yeah. Look, if you had have asked me like 16 years ago, I probably would have been mad at the fact that they were having fun, but I'm, <laughs> I'm softer in my heart now. And, and I, I like to see people having fun. Yes. Yeah. Cause I like to have fun, but I, I said to you off mic, I was going to say off camera, but we're not filming this <laughs> off mic that it, it smacks of. One of them has just either torrented or bought some film editing software and yeah. they're just like... Taking it for a spin. They're taking it for a spin at this moment. Like they're figuring out like, oh, I can do this. I can do this effect. And it's like, there's no after effects or anything in it, but like they they do like, yeah, just like little like jarring, like yeah, quick edits and that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. It's fun. 
It is, yeah, and I really do like the cover, especially at the end, they start to do that very, again, very 2008, like, chopped and screwed bits of, like, vocals. Yeah. And, like, here's a guitar riff that we're going to overlay on the top, and then we're going to overlay it with this, and it's really clever. Yeah. Like, this is a cover where they obviously are quite fond of the original, and they are having fun with it. Yeah. And it works. No, and I... I'm going to put it out there that if we start a Patreon at, like, the $1 mark, if there's a cover that you want us to talk about, <laughs> like, pay us a dollar and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Or just <laughs> just give us a dollar. Just give us a dollar and we don't, and then we won't do anything. Yeah. We'll just say thank you. We'll just sit there and be like, ah, a dollar. Exactly. Dollar for happiness. No, I'd rather keep it. <laughs> so, the last one... Um, probably maybe a little bit more fitting in for, you know, the punk goes aesthetic. Yeah. Year one. Pretty standard kind of pop punk kind of version of it. Yeah. They do keep the she's just being Miley. Which I love. Yep. And I also just love that they take the basic concept of the song and run with it. Because ultimately this song is like pop punk. Yeah, kind of. Because it's got the just the driving bass. Like, dun, 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 like, yeah, no, I can see that. Like, obviously it's not. But no. like, you can take it and... The next logical step in my head is full pop punk. Yeah. And it rules. But it's as you said, like, this is such a versatile song. Yeah. Like, it can be... Even even the original artist can mould it into something else. And I I was going to say, but I forgot. I hope that, like, the country version of this is now a version that she likes. Yeah. That Miley Cyrus likes and can, can be happy to perform. Exactly. But, like, I guess for me, like, sort of like fantasy football kind of thing, if I were to think of someone off the top of my head who could do a cover of this and make it fun, I would land between year one and between um, Breathe Carolina and go with, like, Cobra Starship or something like that. Yeah. Something where, like... That'd be interesting. Having that sort of party emo sort of vibe which was huge in the late 2000s but executing it in a way that's really polished yeah and like just sort of amping up those just yeah wherever you've got a riff like make it a little bit sort of crunchy like where you've got a bass line make it extra prominent where you've got keytar like there's a way to sort of do it well and it's like, yeah, like I think Breathe Carolina, had they had a few more 
years under their belt, they would have performed their version with like more oomph, and it would have been like fucking sick. Whereas it's it's sick, but there's it's there's room to grow. Well, probably the perfect the perfect um, act to do this would be Breathe Carolina, but now yeah, like, exactly. Twenty like twenty twenty one Breathe Carolina would yeah, and we've said this already, but yeah, I'm just parroting it. Again and again and again. But I also just have a soft spot for Cobra Starship. You do. <laughs> Everybody listens to the Snakes on a Plane soundtrack, but oh. not watch Snakes on a Plane. I did see it on Netflix last night. I was like, do I? But <laughs> no. It is so bad. So, <sighs> we've reached the end. Hell yeah or yeah nah. No, it, gets, it, it all gets a hell yeah. Yeah. Like, as I said, like, Yes, it's not the best Breathe Carolina cover, but even if it's even if this is your first, and then you go, well, what else did they do for Fearless Records? Yeah, in terms of like punk goes, because I think they might be signed to them or were signed to them. Mm-hmm. But like, if it's like, if it's that, then if it leads you into their cover of Down and their cover of Billie Jean, and that's probably the way I would do it as yeah. well in that order, then. Yeah, if it's a good starting off point for you as well, it's a good starting off point. And it, it only gets better. Yeah. As well. So, and the original, yeah, it's just, it's such a versatile, such a, such a, like, a jigsaw puzzle of different elements that all come together and work. And it's, it kind of has a timelessness to it. Yeah. And like, we talked about this with, with Cher's Believe, but Cher was 52 at the time. Yeah. And Miley was 15. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, it's kind of rare to get that sort of song. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just all the other stuff. Definitely her new updated version of it as well is I love fantastic. it. Yeah. I feel like, because I'm definitely, the older I get, I am just turning into, like, a slightly country sort of, like, mum type. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I have no interest in having children, but I'm a mum to our cat son, so that's enough for me. But, like... <laughs> I really like that all roads lead to Nashville in this sense. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. Hell yeah from me as well. Cool. Yeehaw. So, I'm already giving next week a hell yeah. So, what are we doing next, next week? Next week we did it all for the Nookie. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we are looking at Nookie. By Limp Biscuit. By Limp Biscuit, as covered by Lost... For, and and I didn't do it here, but it's lost all capitals and spaces between every letter. Ah, gotcha. L O S T for Punk Goes Nineties Volume Two Japanese Edition. Sweet. I can't wait. And, and I'm looking at you, sort of like, are you going to say anything? I don't know why. So, just going to say this has been. See you again. And we'll see you again. We will see you again. <laughs>